Hello, and welcome to another installment of The Weird Chronicles. Each episode, we bring you tales of action and adventure from Malifaux and the other side. On today's episode, we continue the story of Alice, a young thief who encountered a manifestation of the tyrant December. Until now, she has ignored December's summons, but all of that is about to change. I hope you enjoy the conclusion of December's call, Homecoming. Alice stumbled into the safe house, scrubbing frantically at the dried blood on her forehead. Her face twisted with disgust at the sensation of the filth on her skin. She looked down at Luca, the white fur of his face covered in crimson streaks of his own. Glad to see it doesn't bother you, she muttered. He yawned and scratched at an ear in reply. She pulled out her purse, counting the day's earnings, trying desperately to forget the insanity of the last hour. She'd deal with that later. Right now she needed to focus on paying off MacArthur for another day. The young thief had improved greatly over the past year, so she was less worried about tomorrow as she counted out the tribute. She hid the rest of the take inside her shirt, hand-brushing the tooth necklace the mysterious Eleanor had given her. Her hand jumped back from that touch, as if on fire. Not now, deal with it later, but not now. Alice walked to the back of the room in the abandoned safe house. There were lots of abandoned buildings in Malifaux proper, along the quarantine zone, and the underworld elements had made their homes in the area. She wrapped her knuckles on a false wall in a series of distinct taps. She fought down a brief giggle as a peephole slid open, like anyone would be crazy enough to assault a gang of thieves and thugs in their own home. The guard at the peephole grunted, then pulled open the false door and let her inside. Luca twined between her legs and passed the massive enforcer, leading the way to what MacArthur called his courtroom. It was more of an unregulated bar than anything else. At this early hour for the tribute process, Alice would be one of the first of the street thieves back, but the enforcers would be in full swing, singing and chanting as MacArthur waited to hear from his most active workers. Tonight, the room was nearly silent except for strained whispers. The tension crackled in the air, and Alice could see hands reaching for empty weapon scabbards as she walked by. Luca growled, pressing close to her with his ears flat on his head. The pair finally got past the initial crowd to the back of the room, where MacArthur and his most trusted associates sat. Dustin looked up from the throne that dominated the space. Alice froze, staring at him, her mind racing, that was MacArthur's chair, and had been since the beginning of the gang. No one but MacArthur sat in it, so why was Dustin so casually leaned back in it? Then she saw the blood on the floor, and the body that it came from. The gang lord, known as MacArthur, lay in two pieces on the ground. Crimson drained from his neck, staining the sawdust that had been casually thrown over the puddle. His bruised and broken face looked at her from the foot of the throne, where Dustin was using the corpse's head as a footstool. The murderous enforcer smiled when he saw Alice, kicking the head slightly as he stood up. It rolled through the combination of sawdust and blood, resting with sightless eyes at the young thief. 
Alice Burson, our intrepid, lonely little cup purse. Welcome back, he said. His handsome face had a fresh scar on the left cheek. The enforcer hadn't bothered to clean the blood away, leaving a thin trail that ran into his neat beard. You're the first tonight, little girl. Unusual, that. What have you brought back for us? What happened? She asked numbly, staring at MacArthur's head. Dustin's smile slipped for a moment, before reasserting itself. A disagreement long in the coming. Nothing for you to worry about unless you want to make it a problem. He picked up a brown-stained woodcutting axe from where it rested next to the throne. So, give it here, Alice. She gulped and handed him the purse. The man leaned the axe against his shoulder and opened the bag, checking the contents. His lips moved as he counted, and he frowned. I'm sorry, dear, but that's not enough. What? But that's, that's what I paid just yesterday. Dustin leaned forward, eyes hard. And today is a very different day, wouldn't you say? Just for that, it's gone up again. Alice was aware that the room was silent behind her. She knew what was happening, that Dustin needed examples for the rest of the thieves that would be coming in to give their own tributes. It was her bad luck that she was amongst the first back. Before she could move, Luca jumped in between her and the man, hissing and spitting, his claws and teeth bared. Dustin didn't even blink as he buried the axe in the hawcat's skull. Alice screamed and grabbed for the knife at her back, stabbing for his face. He took a step back and let the blade go by, then kicked her in the stomach. Her rage gave way before the pain, and she doubled over, falling to her knees. Dimly, she could hear laughter from the rest of the gang. She looked at Luca's limp body, while Dustin pulled the axe out and felt her rage return red hot. Staring up at the large man as he lifted the axe with a smile, Alice moved faster than she ever had in her life. She slammed her fist into his groin and grinned as he gasped in surprise. Dustin fell back a few steps and tripped to land on the throne. Alice picked up Luca's body and ran to the far corner where she knew a rotten grate to the sewers lay. The others in the room had just begun to move as she kicked the grate down into the floor and dropped in. As her feet touched the ground, she began to run, confident that none of the larger members of the gang could follow her. Tears of rage and pain filled her eyes as she cradled Luca's body. She could feel the tooth necklace as it bounced against her skin, and remembered the bloody face and weapons of the one who had given it to her. One way or another, she swore to herself, Dustin will pay. For Luca. The screech of the train whistle snapped Alice out of her normal dream. She opened her eyes and stretched with a yawn, sitting up from her seat in the passenger car. The brake squealed and she stood, grabbing the small bag that held all her belongings in the world. She stepped past the other passengers, shying away from the guild officers that sat closest to the door. The cold air of the town of Ridley, one of the older contract towns, filled her lungs painfully. 
She looked around before walking into the town proper from the small platform that made up the station. Snow dusted everything in sight this close to the northern mountains. The buildings were a strange mix of antique and new, the oldest dating back to the first breach, if not older. She took a deep breath with a wince, then strode over to the building marked in. The main room of the building was a squalid bar, full to the brim with miners and trackers. The noise level was kept at a dull roar as people caroused and argued. A fire blazed in a small hearth, but most of the crowd wore fur-lined winter gear. She could see a few games of cards and dice scattered throughout, but for the most part the room was exactly like the safe house. The thought made her skin crawl, and she stamped down on it hard. No time for that. Hesitating a moment, she cautiously stopped one of the barmaids. I'm looking for a man named August. August Tombs? The woman asked, carefully balancing a tray covered in mugs with one hand. She jerked her thumb at a back corner, then returned to moving around the space. Alice walked towards it, ducking her head as she passed under the stairs. The small space seemed to be a leftover from the original layout of the building, with barely enough room for the table hidden in it. A man sat hunched over a book, reading by candlelight. He looked up and stared at the young thief, black eyebrows raised. Alice sat down in the other chair at the table, nervously tapping fingers on knees. After a few moments, the man leaned back and marked his page in the book before closing it. What can I do for you, miss? Alice, she replied. Are you August? Aye, that's me. He poured a drink from a metal kettle that sat on the table, filling two metal cups with a steaming beverage. He placed one in front of her, then sipped from his own. He waved at her with a pair of fingers, a circular gesture to urge her on. A woman named Eleanor told me to find you. Said I should give you this. Alice took the tooth from around her neck and handed it to him. August tilted the tooth back and forth in the candlelight, drawing it lightly across the palm of his other hand and hissing at its bite. Do you know what it is? He asked with narrowed eyes. It doesn't matter, she said. I need you to take me to the mountains. She said that you'd be my guide if I gave you that. The man grunted and drained his drink, then handed the tooth back to her. Tomorrow, I'll take you there. He shook his head and poured another drink. This always has been a strange contract. Damn cultists. Go find yourself some place to sleep and some warmer clothing. That won't be enough for the mountain. August waved her off, opening his book back up with a mutter. On the side of the mountain, Alice found herself grateful for August's advice on the clothing, despite it taking the last of her money. The air was freezing, with wind howling around her as she trudged through the snow behind the guide. She shivered, pulling her arms in tighter and ducking her head down to focus on placing each foot. Her breath steamed even as the wind scorched her lungs with its bitter chill. Damn cold, damn wind, damn snow. She slipped more than once, unused to walking in the strange environment. Each time August hauled her back up and steadied her while she caught her breath. Alice looked to the side, marvelling at how far they had climbed already. 
The guide seemed to be following a path that he knew well, but she couldn't see the route herself. She stopped for a moment and stared down at Malifaux City in the distance, easily viewed from this height. Alice. The thief stumbled back at the clear voice that emerged from the wind. She looked up at her guide, who watched her patiently but said nothing. Alice turned to look up at the summit of the mountain, squinting against the blowing snowflakes. As her eyes adjusted, she caught a glimpse of a shadowed cave, with icicles like fangs. She gasped and stumbled forward, landing in the snow. Welcome, child. You have finally come to me, December said. The blue and red eyes stared down at her from the sky, and she was vaguely aware that August was no longer next to her. The icy fangs of the cave seemed to curl into a smile. Ah, I can taste your hunger now. Hunger for justice, revenge, power. That hunger is good and will serve us both well. Alice! A voice shouted in her ear. She dimly felt a slap across her face, and she blinked away tears as August shook her. The guide let out a sigh as she lifted a hand to touch her cheek where he'd struck her. Damn cultists, he muttered, helping her stand. Every damn time. Come on, we're nearly there. We will take her, a woman called. A cloaked figure, dressed in white, stepped out of the snow, holding a spear in one hand and tossing the man a purse. Thank you, August. He shook his head and laid a hand on Alice's shoulder, squeezing it gently. He pulled his hood tighter around his head and began walking down the mountain. The woman walked to Alice, her face hidden behind a leather mask. The wind seemed to die around her, calming in a circle only a few feet across. Alice stared at the woman's black and blue eyes as she took off her mask. Welcome, supplicant, Eleanor said with a small smile. Welcome to the cult of December. December asks us to give him sustenance from his foes, and he provides us with power in return, Eleanor said helping pull tight the straps on the unfamiliar armour Alice had been given. The thief looked over the ill-fitting equipment with a level of confusion. It was overly large, possibly even made for a man instead of a slight young girl. The older woman paused for a moment, inspecting her handiwork before reaching for the next part. Alice had been with the cultists for a week, during which she had begun rethinking her decision to come to the mountain. They were a strange breed, keeping mostly to themselves while around Alice. She didn't get a sense of active hostility or disdain, like she had felt from MacArthur's gang. Instead, there was a feeling of wariness seemed to be the best word for it. They were secretive and, well, cultish. Alice suppressed a giggle at the thought as Eleanor continued to assemble the armour. Only Eleanor, an acolyte of the cult, spoke with her about the cult, and even that was sparse. Instead, Alice had been given training in the use of a strange harpoon weapon and taught what Eleanor described as the basics of hunting. 
during the few breaks in the training. The older woman had asked many questions about Alice's time with the gang, particularly about Dustin and his abuses. When Alice asked about the lessons, Eleanor had merely smiled and described it as an aptitude test, whatever the hell that was. The acolyte had been gone the past two days, leaving Alice's instruction in the hands of Stephen, the other acolyte she had encountered among the warehouses. This morning, Eleanor had walked into the young girl's sleeping quarters in the cave complex with a pile of armour and started helping the girl with wearing it. Alice frowned suddenly, noticing something odd. Eleanor's right hand was missing its pinky. A trail of fresh scars spiralled up her arm, concentrated on the back of her hand. The lost finger didn't seem to bother the acolyte, who continued her task without problem. What happened to you? she asked. The question surprised her. Since when do I care? Eleanor followed her gaze and laughed. Nothing you need to worry about. With your initiation today, I decided to make it a gift for you. Getting the prize was a little more difficult than anticipated, but I think you'll appreciate it. Initiation? As a supplicant, you have yet to swear to his name and his power. Today you will either take the first steps on that path, or your journey will end. The thief arched an eyebrow at this statement. What do you mean? Before you can be welcomed as one of us, you must be tested. The ritual is different for every supplicant. Not many outsiders are chosen by him, after all. Eleanor pulled out a white and grey cloak, wrapping it around Alice's shoulders with a practised motion. What's the test? The thief asked, a sick feeling in her stomach. Yours is actually straightforward. You must hunt, and take from the essence of your prey by devouring his heart. Other acolytes will be with you to observe, but you will be alone in this. If your prey escapes to the town below or kills you, you fail and will be discarded. The acolyte's tone was neutral and calm as she said this, a sharp contrast to the burst of panic Alice felt. Discarded? She squeaked. If you can't even accomplish this task, your essence won't be worth claiming. You will be left for dead on the mountains where you fall. Eleanor held a harpoon gun the one she'd been teaching Alice how to use during the past few days. She frowned when the girl didn't hold out her arm. Her black and blue eyes met the worried expression of her pupil, and she smiled slightly. It is a harsh existence in the mountains, my dear, but well worth it to those who can draw upon its strength. Besides, she continued, I think you'll not have any trouble with this prey. I selected him myself. He's gotten a head start already, so don't waste any more time. Eleanor finished putting the harpoon gun on Alice's arm and handed the thief a toothed knife. Time to find out, child, if you are predator or prey. Alice leaned down to study the snow, frowning as she squinted through the wind. She so wished that she was back in Malifaux City tracking a mark through the familiar streets. She was comfortable there, with the intersections that limited the number of directions someone could travel. Here on the mountain, it was harder to predict where someone would go beyond down. She hesitated a moment. Someone. Was she really about to kill a person and eat them? The thief shook her head. No time for that. No time for a lot of things. She picked a direction 
and started moving down the mountain. After Eleanor's teaching, she was more confident of walking on the strange, irregular surface of rocks, snow and ice. She still slipped every so often, but she kept moving. She kept a tight hand on the handful of harpoons she'd been given, not trusting the quiver on her back. There. There was a long furrow in the snow ahead of her. Someone or something had fallen on the ice. The wind had already begun to fill it in, but it was a start. She could see the subtle hint of footprints further on, one longer than the other. Alice felt a surge of excitement and ran forward. After a few minutes, the prince disappeared again beneath the snow. She looked around, stalking cautiously through the rock terrain. A small hint of sound was her only warning before she got hit in the back by a solid object. Alice screamed in pain, rolling forward and away from her unseen foe. It took only a moment to get to her feet, raising the harpoon gun with narrowed eyes. She hesitated a heartbeat to aim before triggering the device, cursing as the wind tore the bolt to the side. Dustin stared at her, his face locked in a horrifying snarl. He hefted a club and charged at her with a yell. Alice skipped back, stumbling a bit on a patch of ice while her mind raced. Fear and panic spiralled together, making her heart race as she looked at the man who had caused so much pain in her life. His eyes were wide and desperate as he swung at her again, leveraging his greater height to aim at her head. The thief fell under the swing, sliding down the slope of the mountain before stopping. She stood, breathing heavily as she went to load the harpoon gun. She cursed upon realising that she had dropped the spares next to the ganglord. Dustin dropped his club and grabbed the short spear. Come and get me, he spat. I'll make you work for your meal, cannibal wench. Alice paused and tilted her head to one side. He's afraid. It was a strange thought to associate with the man. Fear was never an emotion she'd thought he knew. But here he was, terrified of her. A wicked smile crossed her features as she drew the knife Eleanor had given her. She leaned forward and charged, jumping off a rock to get more momentum. He stepped back, keeping his body low as he stabbed at her. She slashed again, aiming for his chest. The man blocked with the spear and stepped forward to punch her in the face. Alice stumbled back with a gasp as she felt the sickening crack of her nose breaking. Blood fell onto the white snow and she moved away from her opponent while she tried to clear tears from her vision before they froze. Suddenly, she heard him laugh. Alice Burson, he growled as she wiped blood from her lips. His stance shifted and he picked up another spear. What a surprise. A lost little girl all alone, joining a cult of crazed cannibals. Hoping they get you another cat. Alice howled with rage and rushed him, screaming as he kicked her in the stomach. The brute stabbed her in the shoulder, twisting the spear before tearing it back out. The pain was blinding, but she kept the presence of mind to roll away from him. She went over the pile of short spears, grabbing one before getting to her feet. She coughed, blood covering the ground. Her hand shook as she tried to load the harpoon gun while Dustin stalked towards her. He threw one of the spears, and she barely dodged it, 
cursing at the pain from her injured shoulder. Fear filled her as she stared at him, years of constant abuse and ridicule from the man jumping to mind. More than anything, she wanted to run. To run and hide from this man who had been an immovable constant, a source of pain and fear. She tensed, ready to sprint away. Then the spear clicked into place, and something inside her changed. Predator or prey? She snarled, her vision turning a pale blue. Enough! She hissed, crouching low like some kind of beast. Dustin stumbled back as she rushed him, shoving the harpoon gun upwards at his neck as she pulled the trigger. The spearhead bit through his skin, lancing through his throat and out the back. Blood poured down his lips as he collapsed to his knees, falling backwards. No more, she spat, looking for the knife Eleanor had given her. She found it in the snow nearby, picking it up and approaching the dying man. Stepping close, she stared into his wide eyes as they moved with frantic panic across her face. Alice howled and stabbed the blade into his chest with her uninjured arm. She stood and kicked against the hilt, ignoring the sickening crunch of bone and cartilage. With only one hand, it was hard work to get to her prize, but she managed to find it before he died. The girl reached in with a bloody hand, ripping out his heart with supernatural strength. She held it aloft and watched the light fade from his eyes. Alice dropped to one knee, the surge of strength leaving her, vision returning to normal. A quiet growl, somehow satisfied, filled her ears and ran up her spine. Predator or prey? It was a simple question. Ignoring her revulsion, Alice bit into the organ she held, choking down the first bite. The rest went down easier after that. She looked up as a group of the white-garbed acolytes approached. Each leaned down to Dustin's corpse, dipping a hand inside and bringing it out drenched in blood. They walked to her, touching the bloodied fingers to her cheeks. Alice stared at them in confusion as they each moved to a spot in a circle around her. The whole thing had the air of ceremony to it, but she didn't understand. The last woman took off her mask, revealing Eleanor. She embraced Alice and kissed the girl on the cheek. Welcome home, sister, the woman said, echoed by the others. Alice hugged her fellow cultist, reveling in the statement. She had indeed found her home. That's it for another installment of The Weird Chronicles. Join us next time for more tales of action and adventure.